1 Corinthians 1 and 18. It says, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us which are saved, it is the power of God. Everybody say, power of God. God. Verse 22, it says, the Jews seek after a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. To unbelievers, whether you're looking for intellectual something or whether you're looking for some uh, power manifestation, spiritual, if you're an unbeliever, you're not satisfied with either one. But if you're a believer in Christ, you find he is both. He is all. He's all the wisdom and understanding you'll ever need for the rest of eternity. And he's all the power you'll ever need. To them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Look in the second chapter, in the first verse, 1 Corinthians 2, 1. It says, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, are of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Why don't you say it out loud as a, as a confession of faith? My faith, My faith is not in the wisdom of men. My faith, My faith is in the power of God. Paul was uh, an educated man. He was, uh, I mean, he was the golden boy of the Pharisee camp trained under Gamaliel, who was the most highly respected teacher and sage among the folks, Jewish people at that time. So he had the education, spoke multiple languages uh, in a time when uh, the average person could not read or write. And, and he was a good speaker, too, because, uh, you know, at one, one point they came to this place, and when the miracle happened, the people said, the gods have come down to us. And they marveled at both the speaking and the power. But did you hear what he's saying? I, he said, then this is the Spirit of God through him saying it, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now that is that it's radically different from the unsaved world. And and so many people's faith that they might call it is completely in the wisdom and teachings of men. 
And if you talk about faith, they'll say, well, what faith are you? And they want to know, what, what are they saying? What group of teachings do you adhere to and subscribe to? And you find when you analyze it, again and again, it comes back to the wisdom of men. And even though we have the greatest writings in the universe, in the Bible, and we wouldn't even know about this except for the Bible, yet our our faith is not just in ink and paper. Our faith is not just in empty talk. Our faith is in the power of God. I was telling Phyllis the other day, I... uh, well, uh, read this first and then I'll tell it. 2 Timothy 3.5 Timothy 3.5 says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. It talks about, that's a, that's a group of religious people. But they do what? They deny the power, the reality or the existence of the power. You know, we, we saw a while back that the Sadducees were a prominent group of religious leaders in Jesus' day. They didn't believe in the existence of a spirit realm. They didn't believe in the existence of an angel or a demon. They didn't believe in resurrection. Well, what did they do at church? (laughs) They talked about their ideals. And their morals. And their this and that. But they are living like all there is is the natural and all there is is this life. That is a useless church. Amen. Now with me or not? Amen. That's a useless. You should not go to a church like that. And uh, I was telling Phyllis, uh, some people that we knew about wound up in a church. I won't say who or where, but... A church of 2,000 people, and you know, it's, it's 1,000, 1,500 miles from here, but uh, they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They don't believe he was born of a virgin. They don't believe he was raised from the dead. They don't believe Jesus is the Redeemer. They believe he was just a good moral man that taught some things that you should pay attention to. What kind of church? I'm not talking about years ago. I'm talking about right now. It ex- I guess they're having service this morning. They completely deny the power of God. Why do you say that? Because why deny the virgin birth? Why deny the resurrection? Why deny uh, you know the power of resurrection? That that's saying this is all there is. And if I can't understand it with my mind, it doesn't exist. Pitiful. And you and I uh, will be unstable and unsafe if our faith is just based on what men have said and come up with. Hmm? Our faith is in him who has the power of an endless life. Our faith is in the almighty creator who made the heavens and the earth. Can you see this? The new birth is a manifestation of power. Hmm? 
Healing's a manifestation of power. Deliverance is a manifestation of power. Somebody say, I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. In the power of God. Not just talk. Power. Power. <laughs> not talk. We're talking about power. We're not talking about reasoning. We're not talking about long drawn out explanations. It's either there or it's not. It either produced or it didn't. It either worked or it didn't. And we, we live in a generation that has become so intellectual. We live in the information age. And everything's about knowledge with too many. But with us, it should not all be about knowledge. Hmm? Knowledge of the holy is precious. But that'll, leave, that'll get you involved in the power. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Look with me in Revelation, the 15th chapter. We're getting into something that is, I mean, you, you start trying to explain it and you, you start talking in tongues. And, and it's, it is really, really big because it's, it's him, it's God. Revelation 15, tells of something in 15 and uh, 5 he said after that I looked and behold the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open and skip down to verse 8 and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God. If you've read the scripture, you know this is not the first time you've seen this. Right? This is God. Power. We don't have instruments to measure it. And when God's presence would come on the scene repeatedly, there would be fire and smoke and cloud, brilliance of shining, and this is the emanation of his being, of his presence. And it said, no man was able to enter into the temple till those things were fulfilled that it goes on to talk about. But we see that same thing happening time after time after time in previous places in the Bible where the glory so filled the place that people couldn't stand up in it or they couldn't go through the door. They couldn't get in. The glory has substance. Amen. Amen. The glory has shape and form. And the glory is the power, is the goodness of God. 
Hallelujah. The temple was filled with smoke. Now this is not a a nasty smoke. This is glory smoke. (laughs) This is clean, pure smoke. This smoke won't make you cough. This smoke will heal you. Hallelujah. The temple was filled with smoke. And what was the smoke from? The glory of God and from His power. His power. We need to remind ourselves who we're calling Father. We need to remind ourselves who we're talking to when we're praying. We need to remind ourselves who we're dealing with. He is the Almighty. Uh, he's called, I won't go through all the scriptures, but the Father is called the Father of glory. Jesus is called the Lord of glory. The Holy Spirit is called, you guessed it, the Spirit of glory. Glory. Now, when we hear glory, so many times we tend to think of of an abstract. And part of that reason is even in the King James Bible, the same word for glory is translated many times honor. Honor. And when we think of honor... We don't think of light, fire, and power. But it's the same word. That's what he's talking about. So glory has substance. Uh, Go with me, if you would, back in the scriptures to the book of Exodus, one of the first times that we see this described. And the, and the descriptions of this are just amazing. Don't, I know some of you are hearing this for the first time, but some of you have heard it before, but don't read it like you're hearing it for the, first, uh, for the fifth, 20th time, because this is not just a story. This is real. This was not some figment of someone's imagination. This was not some just hyper thing that somebody got caught up in with an emotional experience the glory of God came down and many people saw it many people saw it and experienced it and, and before you think well that, you know that's back in the Old Testament uh, it, New Testament too New Testament also Book of Acts, also. Are y'all with me? God's never changed. He he hadn't changed. He hasn't dialed it back. (laughs) But you will see less manifestation of the glory and presence of God where he is rejected and where people don't believe in him. And sadly, many churches... Don't believe in the power. They believe in talk. 
lots and lots and lots of talk. Hmm? But if you start talking about power, if you start talking about somebody shook and fell out, ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, we're not into all that. What do you mean you're not into it? If you find it in the Bible, you should accept it. Right? If it happened in the Word of God, you know it could happen again. That doesn't mean everybody, you know, we know there's some mixed up people and some overexcited and people and there's some fakers around. But that doesn't do away with the real thing. If you see it in the Bible and it happened then, that means it's happened again and again and it can happen again. It's supposed to happen again. And we see not only people shaking and falling under the power, we see whole buildings shaking. Is that right? Whole building shaking without any damage. Just shaking by the power of God. We see the glory coming in. We see the, the, the smoke and the cloud and the fire over and over and over again. That is who you call Father. That's your Papa. Big Papa. Huh? Big, big Papa. <laughs> Big. Hallelujah. (laughs) In Exodus, the 16th chapter, and the 6th verse, Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At even, you're going to know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord. For he hears your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? Verse 10. And it came to pass as Aaron spake to the whole congregation of the children of Israel. That they looked toward the wilderness and behold. The glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Hundreds of thousands of people saw it. Can you see that? They saw it. And these people would not be easily convinced. <laughs> this group, they are, they're known to doubt. Right? <laughs> so they, they saw this glory. And that was not the only time. Numerous, I, I mean, well, at one point, it was a daily occurrence. That they saw the fire of the glory and or the cloud of the glory. Amen. They saw it. it. It was always there. And it would move. And when it moved, they moved. Amen. And when it stopped, they stopped. How many think that principle is still right today? Huh? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of glory, lives in you. It's just astounding that He can live in us. Right? (laughs) Who He is, what He is, how big He is, how amazing He is, how powerful He is, that He could be in us without us just coming apart at the seams. Huh? And 
If you ignore him enough, it's like he's not even there. That's astounding. And yet, if we start paying more attention to him and start yielding to him and believing, we'll start having more manifestations of power in our personal life. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I mean, you'll be sitting in your chair at home and you learn how to focus and yield to him. You'll start sensing the presence of God. You'll start sensing the anointing of God and the power of God. And you don't have to have discerning of spirits to know the glory is there. You can sense that the glory is there. For lack of a better word, you can feel that the glory is there. Not, a, not just a physical sensation, though it also affects your body. And there are times it will affect your body big time. Amen. Big time. And if you say, well, this all sounds strange to me. Well, hang on. You're in a good place. <laughs> you, you need to find out about this. You need to learn about this. If what you believe in only works on paper, you are denying the power of God. And yeah, this is something we can't control. This is something we've never controlled. Are y'all with me? Big, great, powerful, amazing. And he's never changed. The ancient of days. The Almighty. Hallelujah. The creator of the heavens and the earth. And you can call him Father because of what Jesus did. <laughs> Said out loud, thank you, Father. That you're my Father. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Because of your union with him. If you, unless you go crazy and reject him down the road, you are eternally safe, eternally secure, eternally. No matter what happens in this life, it'll be a brief mist whirlwind and you'll soon be out of here one way or the other. But as the eons go on, you are his and he is yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and he has given you eternal value in the redemptive price he paid to purchase you and you have shown yourself uh, worthy I don't mean deserving but that you are of value for it because you unlike billions of people on the planet you didn't reject him you didn't denounce him you received him you believed him you trust him and you're not going anywhere it's you and him forever Is that right? Come on. Huh? You are joined to him and you are one spirit with him. And we are going to see, especially past this life, you talk about glory and power. Oh, my. The, The spirit of God through the psalmist said, the heavens declare the glory of God. And he's talking about space. He's talking about galaxies. And stars. If you want to know what God is like, that's where you look. That's right. In the sky. That's right. Not in somebody's 
uh, boring theology book. Huh? You know what God's like? Look up in the night sky. And boy, so, some of these new telescopes we've got out, you know, further from the planet now, you see the some of the pictures of these galaxies. That's the glory of God. That you're looking at it. The power and the glory is just astounding. Uh, words fail. That's who he is. That's what he is. That's what he's always been. Look with me in Exodus 24. When Moses went up on the mountain to to receive the commandments, the Ten Commandments and also the statutes, the way it happened was that God told them he was going to visit them. But nobody realized he's talking about in person. That he's actually going to come down physically on the mountain. And he did. And when he came down on the mountain, it was so awesome that all the people were just scared. And it was burning, and yet it didn't burn up. And the cloud of glory was so thick around it, you couldn't see into it. And the trumpet of God and the, and the voice of God sounded. And it just, it was a sound they had never heard. And, and it scared these folks so bad, they didn't want to hear it again. And verse 15, Exodus 24, 15, Moses went up into the mount. And a cloud covered the mount. Do we know what cloud this is? This this is the, the cloud of his glory and of his power. Same thing we see in the book of Revelation. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. So it just it just was there for these six days and nights. Everybody saw it. Everybody experienced it. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. A voice spoke out of the fire and cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. It looked like this giant all-consuming fire. Did you know the New Testament says our God is a consuming fire? Well, who made our sun? Who made the stars? That came out of him. That came from him. Our sun, and our sun is... You know, it's, it's not nearly the biggest of stars that we've been able to see and know. But it's just, it's a dynamo of power that it's hard to describe or measure. It's just 
burning. It's just the, the, the power of the reactions that are happening in the core and coming up to the surface and in the mass of the gravity pulling it back down and making it sustain itself like that for millions of years. We all, everybody wants to figure out how to do that. <laughs> well, we know who to talk to. He, God himself, is fire. Fire. You remember uh, Moses uh, talked to him in the burning bush. You remember that? That's why he turned to, to that's what he noticed it. He thought, well, now, look at that. It's just a fire out there with nothing else around it. It's a bush on fire, and, and it caught his attention. They got closer to it. It's not burning up. God does earthquakes that do no structural damage. God, God does fires where things are not burned up. And so when he got to the bush, it's burning, 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 but the bush is not burning up. And God spoke to him, told him he was on holy ground. Hallelujah. Is he still around today, this God? This God who manifests in fire and power and smoke and glory. He called to Moses and uh, it looked, they saw the devouring fire up on top of the mount. And then, of course, the cloud covered around it too. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud. (laughs) Think about that. He just walked right into it. He walked right into the cloud and into the fire. He had some experience with God. He had gotten acquainted to him. And he knew when God says, come here, that's what you do. (laughs) And he was in that glory and that fire and that cloud for 40 days and 40 nights. So what is that? Month and a half? He was there. And I, I, it seems that he is not tracking time like we normally do in this place with God. And when he came out, his face and his being was shining. So much so that it bothered the people he's trying to talk to. They were like, could you, could you cover that up? <laughs> Why? Because he had been in the glory. The glory had permeated him. Can you see that? He had been in the glory. And the glory had changed him. wonder if the glory still changes you today. So he, he had to put something over his face. Well, he talked to him, and apparently it wasn't permanent. After a while, it waned, and he didn't need to cover his face anymore. These things are not a fairy tale. They're not imaginary. They're real. Said out loud, the glory is real. God is real. The power is real. And I have faith in the power of God. Hallelujah. I believe in the power of God. I believe the power of God can do anything. 
Right? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is impossible with him with whom we have to do. The great God. The almighty God. I just like saying it. Do you? The, the, all, the great God. The God of glory. The almighty God. It's, it's so pitiful how you hear people talk about God these days. And the mockery and the blasphemy that they talk about God. They have no clue who they're talking about and what they're talking about. And one of these days, soon and soon, they're going to breathe their last and they're going to find out. And when all this thing is wrapped up, and it's going to wrap up, he's going to manifest his power. We, we saw that there was a showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal, right? A few weeks ago, we talked about that. And how fire fell and, and uh, consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the water, and all the rocks and everything. It just went whoosh, and then there was nothing there. Nothing there. I mean, that's like plasma cannon. That's, that's like the power of the sun. Right? In a moment, it just evaporates everything. And we're told that in the end, if you read the book of Revelation and 1 Thessalonians and other places, in the end, the devil never learns. Even after he's put away for a thousand years, he's going to be turned loose for a little while. And the first thing he does is incite rebellion against God and try to put together armies to fight against God. And they are going to gather in the millions against God's people, against God's things. And this time, nobody will need to strap on any weapons. The Bible said when they all came out against it, that the fire of God came down and wiped them all out in one, one, one action. And that's it. Done. Over. Now that we hadn't got to that yet. God, the long suffering of God is allowing time whereby people can hear the gospel and get saved. Right? We all want him to come, but if he comes right now, there's a lot of people not ready to meet him. Right? And uh, there will be when he comes. But it's the long suffering of God that there keeps being more time. More time. More time. A lot of you didn't get saved First opportunity you had. Or the 20th. <laughs> or the 95th. How many thankful that you had another, another day, another year, right? Another 10 years. You had another opportunity. Another 20 years later, 40 years later, you had another opportunity. That is the mercy of God. That is the long-suffering and mercy of God. 
Look with me. Uh, so this is so big. In uh, we're in Exodus there, twenty-four. Look in Exodus uh, forty. You keep seeing this, and and I'll read a couple of them, but. I've got like half a dozen instances here that we won't have time to get into today, but it's the same language, same kind of thing. In Exodus 40, when they finished the tabernacle, and they're at the dedication phase of it, everything's completed, everything's ready now to start operating and functioning. Exodus 40, 34 when they're at that point, a cloud covered the tent. <laughs> you know, uh, this is not scheduled by them. <laughs> they were just finishing up, you know, finishing touches here and there. And here comes this cloud. A cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The cloud filled the whole inside of the tabernacle. And many times it describes that this cloud is so thick, white, brilliant white, you can't see through it. And it has substance. You'll see that in just a moment. Moses was not able to enter into the tent of congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It didn't say he decided not to go in. What did it say? Couldn't. What does that mean? He tried to. He tried to go in and he ran into something that he couldn't push through. The glory has substance. The glory manifests in the material realm. The cloud abode on it. The glory filled the tabernacle. It goes on and went on to say, when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the children went on uh, onward in their journeys. And it goes on to say, when it stayed, uh, they stayed. The Bible said in uh, 1 Kings 8 and 10, it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. Now here, they were already in there. So they couldn't, it wasn't a matter of trying to get in. They were already in. But what happened? If they couldn't stand, where are they? They're on the floor. <laughs> on the floor and can't get up. Now I know people scoff about these things. They mock about these things. But it's just because they're so ignorant of God. And so ignorant of the things of God. This has always been this way. It will always be this way. Whether you're in Exodus or Revelation. Can you see this? And all the places in between. And how many know we're in between? <laughs> so the glory is still around. And you'll see where people worship God. Really worship God. 
And where people reverence him, show him respect and honor, you'll see a greater manifestation of these things. You'll see an immediate change when people's respect and reverence becomes greater. Immediate response in the presence of God. Whether it's in a public thing like this, are you by yourself at your apartment or your house, wherever? Or in your car? Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. I was thinking of a, a friend of mine now, a minister. He, he was running from God. This was back 40 years ago as a crazy young guy in trouble with the law done all kind of bad stuff and uh, he was running again in his truck flying down the highway he said the glory of God filled his cab he got to the point where he couldn't see so he pulled off the road and and the glory of God filled up the cab of his pickup and he just began to weep and cry and shake and he said the Lord spoke to him and said This is your last opportunity. He had killed people. He had done all kind of horrible, terrible things. He was an outlaw. He was a bad guy. And the Lord told him, this is your last opportunity for him to go to the police station and turn himself in. Well, he was facing life without parole. And so he sat there and he cried and prayed and Something real is happening or you wouldn't do this. A wild, crazy guy like this. And when when it uh, subsided and he could see again, he's sitting there sobbing and crying. He went to the police station. (laughs) And uh, wound up in jail. Multiple accounts. Life without parole. Started having church inside the prison. Amen. <laughs> getting people saved, Amen. getting people healed, delivered, casting the devil out of people. Amen. I mean, they, they had some stuff go on. And in a matter of years, God got him out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's been in the ministry now for, I think, 25 years or 30 years or something like that. Somebody say, Glory to God. Glory. Did you hear what you just said? Yes. <laughs> Glory. 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 What's his faith in? Not some hyper-educated people, person with, you know, minister with five uh, doctorate degrees of divinity. That's not what straightened him out. That's not what got him turned around. That's not what saved his life. What was it? The power of God. As it turned out, he had praying family. Family that prayed for him. Believed for him. No doubt had pled God for mercy. And, and you need to pray that way. We, we need to get beyond just the intermental workings and struggle of unbelieving family and friends. You need to pray bold prayers. Amen. I need to pray. We need to pray bold prayers. Lord, whatever it takes. Vision. Angelic visitation. Come on, y'all with me? Whatever it takes. We're asking for whatever it takes. And I'm telling you, things can happen that they will not ignore. 
things can happen that can shake them to the core. Easy for God. Just a, just a tiny bit of his power manifested is seem overwhelming to unbelievers. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There in 1 Kings 8, 10, it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord. The priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. Somebody say, because of the cloud. Because of the cloud. Because of the cloud. Uh, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord You are the house of the Lord. <laughs> the house of the Lord now is not a building. It's not a tent. It's not a tabernacle. It's not a temple. You, am I quoting scripture, church? You, we are the temple of the living God. We are the temple. Of the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of glory. He doesn't go anywhere without His glory. That's not always in manifestation. But we are the temple. Said out loud, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. The glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Oh, somebody say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. In the Second Chronicles 7, I'm skipping a couple of them, but Second Chronicles 7 and verse 1, when Solomon made the big dedication of the grand temple, it said, when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. Amen. When you start looking at these, you find out this was not a couple of isolated instances. This happened numerous times. Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Does that sound prophetic to you? The glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, who saw it? They all saw it. Everybody there, you couldn't miss it. Everybody there that day. Now, if you stumble over this and you go, ah, you know, that just sounds... That sounds like a fairy tale to me. Well, then you don't believe in the power of God. And so you won't be bothered by it as a, as a usual thing, except for some mercy manifestation of sign and wonder. You can live and die and not experience it. But I believe in the power of God. I'm open. To the power of God. I'm inviting the power of God. Lord, show me how to respond. The, the best way 
to the anointing, to the power of God, to the glory of God. Yes, he, he, he just spoke to me right then. He'd already told us. Reverence. Reverence is a giant key. Now, reverence doesn't mean you're scared and won't do anything. Reverence just means you, you show respect. And you, you are in awe of him. Right? And it shows up in how you talk about his things and how what, what you give of your time and resources to his things. Honoring him is glorifying him and that opens up the whole realm of glory more to you. Can you see this? It said... When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord uh, upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. This was not a trite, trivial thing. This is something most of the planet had never seen or heard of. This is not somebody's science fiction book. This is not somebody's sorcery fairy tale book. This is reality. We know these things exist in nature and in the cosmos. Where'd they come from? Lightning is real. How many can testify? Lightning is real. Huh? <laughs> Bunch of years ago, we were flying, actually flying to Florida. This was 20 plus years ago. And uh, the, the controllers uh, vectored us actually into some weather up at Jacksonville. And man, a lightning bolt hit us. I'm tell, it's really a common thing with airplanes, and most of the time it doesn't. It does very little damage. But man, I guess uh, me and Mike were in the front, and Phyllis was in the back, and uh, sparks flew off our headsets. <laughs> oh boy, sparks flew off our headset. And it went all over the airframe. Actually burned a spot on Phyllis's foot. Her foot was resting up against the side. And it, it burned a spot on her foot. She was like, y'all! <laughs> that is a tiny, tiny, tiny manifestation of God's power. Isn't it? I mean, a lightning bolt... All the power companies have been trying to capture them for, for decades. If you could can one bolt of lightning, you could run your stuff. Is that right? From now on off of it. But you've got to find some kind of can. Is that right? That's the problem. We had not found a can that can hold it. And that is just one to God. One tiny little lightning bolt on one tiny little part of the continent and one tiny part of the planet and one tiny part of the galaxy. 
How awesome. How mighty. How powerful. How glorious is the Lord our God. Is there anybody like him? Is there any other God like him? No, nothing. Nothing. Nothing exists. Nothing even compares. Nothing even comes close. The more you learn about him, the more you see what a kind, gracious thing he has done in choosing you and me and saving us. Because we, at this point in our existence, we, in so many ways, we are so ignorant, so weak, so this and that. But we're just getting started. I said, we're just, we're just getting started, but he has chosen us and he has redeemed us and he calls us his own. Somebody say, I am his own. I, I am his own. He is mine and I am his. His banner over me is love. Can you say amen? Praise God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord had said, the tabernacle will be sanctified by my glory. Set apart. The psalmist said, I love the habitation of your house, the place where your glory dwells. Have you got time for one more, one more thought? Here? Go to Psalm 29. I'm going to be reading the Amplified. We saw in Isaiah 40 that God never gets tired and he gives his power to the faint and gives his strength to those who have no might. He's not stingy with his power because he has so much. He wants to manifest his power in our lives in strength and quickening. Strengthening your mind, strengthening your spirit, strengthening your soul, strengthening your body, every area of your life. He doesn't want you to be weak and ineffectual and defeated. He wants you to be strong, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, an overcomer, more than a conqueror. Somebody say, that's me, that's who I am. Psalm 29, verse 1 in the Amplified. Listen to this, because we'll see this as we go forward. There's a connection between the, the voice of the Lord and the glory. When he speaks and the power and the glory, they are directly connected. And you see the Spirit of God inspired the psalmist to say, to sing this. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness or in holy array. When we lift up our hands, whether it's at home or whether it's together here in the church, 
we shouldn't be just thinking about somebody's uh, description of God on a piece of paper or in a book somewhere. We should be thinking about the God of glory on his throne, the power of the universe. Is that right? We, we, we must have a greater revelation of reality, of who he and what he is. Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. We're told in Romans 1.20 that the power of God and even his eternal uh, Godhead and power is revealed in the things that are made. We've talked about this already. Electricity is God's power in the natural. That comes from something of Him in the Spirit. Lightning reveals a lot about Him. Thunder reveals something about... Can you see this? These are not unconnected things. These things came right out of spiritual reality in that realm. And the voice of the Lord is upon the waters, the God of glory thunders. The Lord's upon many great waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. We know there's power in in sound waves. I mean, doctors use them to disintegrate kidney stones and stuff, right? I mean, we, we, we're learning we just a tiny little bit. Well, God speaks and destroys uh, asteroids and, and planets. I mean, God speaks. He's just a tiny little manifestation here. Cedars, the one of the biggest, strongest trees around, splinter in front of his voice. Well, how many believe the word of the Lord can do that to cancer? Can do that to AIDS? Can do that to harp? Right? How small of a thing must that be to the Almighty, the God of glory, if he can find somebody that will believe it? The scripture said, when the Lord returns, shall he find faith in the earth? Well, obviously it's an issue. But how many want a a, a sign and a flag over your head? Here, faith here. Faith in Sarasota. Faith in Bradenton. Faith in, in the Bradson. Faith. Right? Faith here. Here's faith. (laughs) Because we've already talked about the power flows when it has a path. When it has a conduit, just like electricity. And the great thing about us being in that plane is it had those static wicks on it. It's designed for it to just flow right off. Hit one end, come off the other. Because if it stops, kapow. <laughs> little bitty pieces float to the ground. <laughs> Thank God. We weren't trying to hold it. <laughs> and how many know if you can't hold one little bitty lightning bolt down on the planet, how are you going to hold God? Amen. Huh? These are manifestations of his power in the natural that teach us so much about him. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. He makes them skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian, these are mountains. They skip around like young wild ox. ox, Verse 7, the voice of the Lord splits 
and flashes forth forked lightning. When he speaks, and you read in, in Revelation about when John got those revelations, it said, he said, I heard thunderings and I saw lightning. And then this happened. It means the power of God was moving into that place. And then when he spoke, oh, when he spoke. If you've never heard uh, my, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin's testimony, uh, it's Amazing about how when he was a boy at 16, he died and went to hell. He experienced, he said he went down, 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 and it got darker and darker and darker. And he said so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And he said, then he saw flames in the distance. And he said he just knew if he went in there, he'd never come out. And so he began to cry out and say, oh, God, you know, I'm a member of the church. God, I've been baptized in water. How many know that won't save you? Going to church won't save you. That alone doesn't save you. You know, trying to be a good person, that alone does not save you. Are you with me, church? You must be born again. And that's when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. And so I won't go into all of it, but if you hadn't read it, man, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I've, we've heard him tell it personally under the anointing in service. I mean, it'll just, uh, well, he, like he said, it'll scare hell out of you. That's, I'm quoting him. <laughs> it'll make you not want to go, I'll tell you that. And Because uh, it's real. It's a real place. And he said, this happened three times. And he said the last time that, that he went there, he, he just knew. He was trying to not go in. He said he was trying to stop his descent and try, and he said some creature over the side put its hand on him and was pushing him on in. And he, and he was crying out, God, God, God. And he heard a voice from above him. And it, it shook that whole place. And he said the moment that he did, that creature took his hand off of him and it felt like a huge vacuum to his back just pulled him up out of there. Hallelujah. He told him his work on earth was not done. Oh, my. But I, I, I brought that up because he said when that voice spoke, that whole place shook. Somebody say the voice of the Lord is mighty the voice of the Lord is powerful it shook hell it shook that whole place and he came up he said he came up and uh, uh, he came up uh, on the surface he came up to the door of his house his, his body's laying in there on the bed and he said he, he went back into his body through his mouth just like he said just like a man put his boot on you know getting ready in the morning and then he started talking and his voice picked up uh, what he was saying. And he said, I'm not going to die now. <laughs> I'm not going to die now. And he didn't. Preach for another, what was it? Uh, uh, well, he's in his late 80s when he went home. Oh, thank God. Somebody say, thank God. The voice of the Lord is mighty. The voice of the Lord is powerful. Verse 10, the Lord sat as king over the deluge. The Lord still sits as king. And forever, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. All this power we're talking about, God plans on giving you some of it. Huh? 
Are you his people? Are you his people? The Lord will give unyielding and impenetrable strength to his people. Somebody say, that's me, that's me. Stand on your feet.